Nice buns, soft, fluffy, and ultra low net carbs. Discover Hero Bread, the delicious ultra low net carb bread with incredible taste and texture. Hero Bread has zero grams of sugar and is under 100 calories per serving. Plus, high in fiber with 5 to 10 grams of protein per serving. Order from Hero.co now and get 10% off your first purchase with promo code AH10. That's 10% off with code AH10. H-E-R-O What's up, y'all? It's Jeff Cobb, and you're listening to Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show on Social Suplex Podcast Network. You're listening to the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show. Listener discretion is advised at all times. Listening to another episode of the award-winning Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show, part of the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Whatever award it is, uh, I can't tell you. That's currently un- uh, currently under wraps, and I can't tell you any more than that. But enjoy! <laughs> oh my God, this has been an absolutely awful intro. Intro. Ah, oh. Skype's down. Audacity's down. I'm down. Let's start again, eh? Sorry, folks, I'll take over from here. Welcome to another episode of the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show, part of the Social Suplex Podcast Network. My name is Ricky, and I'm joined, but as ever, by my good friend and co-host, Clive. Good evening. Uh, is it, I don't know if it's a good evening. It is an evening, nonetheless. Uh, it's that Tuesday evening. Have a new nights to record. Yep. Uh, we're fresh off a, a Monday Night Raw where Matt Riddle is walking about with a scooter. Can you explain that one to me? Not even in the slightest. All I hope is Seamus kicks a living hell out of him at WrestleMania. I'm disappointed for Seamus. I feel as if that... I think all the hard work that's went in by him the last few weeks, the few months really, and for him not to get a blow off at WrestleMania is a bit disappointing. I have to say that. I just feel <coughs> that it should have been... I think a triple threat would have been acceptable there. They've obviously got their eyes on a triple threat in the SmackDown side of things, but I don't know. If I'd been warring with Drew McIntyre for a few months and then I had to deal with a a man of questionable a questionable private behaviour, I wouldn't be too happy. I hope he's getting a good payday for that. But... That's what I think. I think he will face Riddle at WrestleMania. I just think he'll win at WrestleMania. I'm hoping he do because he's been intriguing in the last few months. Uh, I think we both have always been uh, big fans of Sheamus. So, uh, and not just from his League of Nations days. But, <laughs> uh, I, I think he will go to face Riddle at WrestleMania. Um, should be a good match and but I say that I hope they do give him the title as well because I think he deserves it. Yes, and I don't think just pure bias here and just off of 
what we hear, I don't think Riddle does deserve it. So if things are looking a bit bleak health-wise for Keith Lee, as is rumoured, then there's no one else really that I can think of off the top of my head who can slot right in there. Seamus has been sort of top top tier of the mid-card for a while now, so I think it, I suppose it does make sense. And that's yeah. things. And I think a Seamus-Keith Lee programme would be quite good as well. Oh, actually, that would be going forward. I mean, we've just had, what is that, three matches now between Seamus and Drew in the last sort of six weeks or so. Uh-huh. All been really, really good. Um, really enjoyed the one on Sunday, and I think, yeah, it's been good, but at the same time, like we said a while ago, that storyline for Drew and Sheamus is right there for WrestleMania. This was right before uh, obviously lost the title. And and they could have went in that direction if they wanted to and I think what the last few weeks has shown is that that would have been worthy of main event in WrestleMania. Um, or being in a significant slot at WrestleMania anyway. It's, you know, it's kind of disappointing but don't get me wrong like I'm still looking forward to Lashley and Drew. Um, I think that will be a good match as well but like I said the uh, there's a storyline there anyway for Bobby Lashley and Drew. There's no doubt about that, but, you know, the Seamus and Drew one was really, really intriguing. And I, and I felt like you could have taken that story right up to WrestleMania. Maybe they pulled the trigger on it too early. but I think they did. If it was their intention to have Bobby Lashley, it'd be all an end all, or the sort of the final picture, then fair enough. And as I've said before... I wanted to see Lashley versus Drew at the big stage, so I can't I can't fault that. It's just I don't know. Seamus seems to have just been put to the outside. He's the, the third wheel a wee bit here. But what can you do? No, that's true. Um, I mean, I felt fastlane. Um, Obviously, I thought Daniel Bryan and Roman was really, really good. Uh, Drew and Sheamus as well. I enjoyed Nakamura and Seth. Um, yes, that was good. Uh, you know, the less said about the Fiend and Orton stuff, you know, I think better. Um, Can I say one I'm thing just, on that? Yep. Yeah, like, I get you. Uh, it's. I really couldn't care. And I think, actually, Alexa's provocative pin of Orton took mm-hmm. away the shock value of Bray, Bray Wyatt's new mask. I won't lie to you, as soon as I saw that, I was a bit like, oh, it's an interesting position you've just assumed. I, uh, <laughs> Mrs. Orton was not too happy at all. Uh, uh, I saw that. Um, but that mask is fucked up. I have it to is, that. but... Like... Uh, yeah, like I'm just I'm not high on the female character. Like I said it from the get go that the problem with this character is that it, it's it's all or nothing. There's no never really going to be that in between kind of thing. You know, either he kills people or he dies himself kind of thing. Like a classic horror movie character. And I guess obviously that's the direction we're going with it anyway from the get go, but. Uh-huh. I don't know, maybe I'm such a, a Bray Wyatt mark that I was never really going to fall in love with this gimmick, but 
just doesn't do anything for me. Um, but like I said, I thought overall Fastlane was, was a pretty good card. Um, don't get me wrong, I didn't think there was a need for it. Um, I would rather, if I was going to have any pay-per-views between Rumble and Mania, I don't have one. Uh-huh. Um, and I, 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 it wouldn't bother me if I didn't have a pay-per-view in between it. But I feel like two is excessive. Um, you know, so a lot of those matches, even though they're really, really good, you know, you could beef up a lot of these shows in between Mania and Wrestle and Royal Rumble and almost have like mini type pay per views and just really beef it up and and make people want to tune in and not kind of as they sometimes do build up to me it's like obviously now they won't is say, Oh well subscribe to the network and you get a month free. It's like, well you won't need to do that if you just beef up some of these shows and and, and, and just get people's interest um uh-huh. a little higher. So don't get me wrong, like just because we obviously touched on Roman and Daniel Bryan, I think us and a lot of people did obviously say it, you know, that, you know, this is going to probably turn out a triple threat and Daniel Bryan's going to hijack it again. Um, um, uh-huh. The fact that Edge is now no longer, hopefully, you know, babyface, um, you know, like, I understand Edge come back as a babyface because it's such a big thing, but Edge's best work was always when he was a heel. Okay. A piece of shit heel. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. It's definitely going to be a triple threat. I think that's it's not confirmed, but it's almost inevitable now. Um, I would... What the warning for WWE, though? Having Daniel Bryan in the world title seen at any time, especially up to WrestleMania, isn't good. It, you know, it's it was different. Don't have him there. It was different. Just don't have. Uh, it was different with Kofi. To be fair, yep. That, that was, that was different, different because, too. oh, definitely. But I just mean, in in that chasing uh, capacity, because it's now three years really. Obviously, twenty. What was it? Fourteen, thirteen. The whole yes movement, and then was it twenty fifteen? I think he came back, well, came back and he was in the Royal Rumble at Philadelphia and he got thrown out midway through it but then we want to face Roman later on. Um, and obviously, the reason why I say don't do it is because <laughs> quite clearly, like, I would assume that, look, let's just assume that this wasn't part of the plan going with Triple Threat, even though, even though the storyline is playing out perfectly. You've got no intention of having him there, so why would you even put yourself in that position? That's what I mean by nothing good can come of it from a WWE point of view. From other point of view, it's fucking excellent. I'm all for it. Um, one of the absolute greats. Um, so I'm more than intrigued. There's a lot of factors, uh, different things and factors going into it. All three men have got issues with each other. Uh-huh. Um, I mean... It's crazy, like, suddenly Roman and Edge, which was it was built up for a while, these two seem to have the least amount of heat between each other going into it, because now Daniel Bryan's got a legitimate gripe with Edge, and obviously all these issues he's had going on with Roman. So, I'm looking forward to it. I think that's a terrific main event, and I think Daniel Bryan wins. See, that's the thing, right? They, they do enjoy a triple threat at Mania. 
for the big titles. And I'm all for Daniel Bryan being in it. I think, it, as you say, I think the story has been organically told over several, several weeks. It's not, it's not shoehorned in to the extent that Charlotte Flair was. No, no, it's not. It doesn't. It's not. It's, it feels really organic. Uh huh. And it's just, I'm so excited about the match. And I'm, as you say, kind of guessed what there would be some sort of shenanigans involved in a match at Fastlane, which, yep. loved, by the way, I thought Daniel Bryan. Um, just treating Roman Reigns like a fool at the start was fantastic. Just that cockiness that he's got, but he can pull it off. It's an arrogance he's allowed to have, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Um, but I know that I'll, I, I've, I'm different from you in saying that I know that I'll be disappointed come the end of WrestleMania because I just don't feel that Daniel Bryan's going to win. It just feels like although it's been told slowly but surely, it'd be quite the swerve from what we had seen as Roman Reigns versus Edge for a couple of months turning into the Daniel Bryan show. I don't I don't see him winning. So I think you're right in saying WWE have shot themselves in the foot, but it's in the fact that they could have yet another backlash with regards to Daniel Bryan's treatment or presentation. See, I think it's playing out the way it did what was that WrestleMania 30 wasn't it yes I guess playing out it's kind of same way Roman's in that Orton role at the moment I think he's always at a higher level when Orton was there but I'm just going to comparison Daniel Bryan's himself and, and Edge and Batista returning legends coming in winning the Rumble going on to the main event in WrestleMania and ultimately kind of being the third wheel in it anyway um, so I, I think Personally, I think Daniel Bryan wins. I think he either pins or makes Edge tap. And then you could go one of two ways. You can go Roman says, before I come back to you, Bryan, I've got issues. I need to deal with Edge first because I didn't lose. And you could do maybe go that way. Or you run Roman and Daniel Bryan back again where Roman obviously gets the immediate rematch because you know, he wasn't pinned and you, quote, quote, you still protect him kind of thing. Um so, and I always maintained that when Roman loses, his title has to be in front of a crowd because it'll be a big-ass moment and obviously we're going to get a crowd at WrestleMania. I just think it's going to be Edge at beats the pin. You've got a good point because it's the first Mania back, it's the first show they're going to have fans for in over a year. It's a WrestleMania. What better way to make it a very special moment than having Daniel Bryan leave as a champ again? I just, I just, the cynic in me thinks, no, they're just going to play that card again with Daniel Bryan. He's just put in to please the smarks and he'll walk away empty-handed at the end of it. I don't know. It's a tough one, but it's still, it's still really compelling. I think it's by far and away the most interesting thing going on in WWE just now, personally. A lot of that is on SmackDown. Sorry, that, that's saying something considering what's going on in Smackdown because Big E and Apollo they had the kind of match that I'm really into right now just that ugly gritty brawl fight but I don't know was that ending botched or was it intended because they didn't show a replay and I've, I didn't really catch exactly what happened not entirely sure but I don't mind kind of finishes like that where it's kind of like a, a one two three pinfall out of nowhere 
Um, and I'm happy. I know a lot of people don't like it. Anyways, I, I still like it. I still like it to throw it in there, throw in a wee curveball now and then. Um, I don't mind finishes like that. Um, I expect them to go again at WrestleMania. That's what um, I'm happy with. If it was a botched ending, even if in, like there's still that program's still ongoing, and I think Apollo's doing fantastic work just now. Biggie as well. His promos are really passionate. Really, like he's, you can see him shaking in his boots as he's saying these promos and talking about the vengeance. And he's like, like "I'm coming for you." That, that's all that matters to me now. Well, the one he caught when he came back to SmackDown was absolutely fantastic. Oh, so powerful. Really, really good. It was. It was excellent. And but what I love about it, he comes in, does his usual entrance, and and he's happy, and then just just like that, with a flick of a switch, he's like. You know, the smile's gone. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of thing. Um, I think he's really yeah. on his acting chops here because we just know him as Big E, the big dafty, um, cutting promos on Goldberg on his podcast and whatnot, and, and he's sitting out with this stuff, and it's just wow. Yep. It's just powerhouse performances for the pair of them. It's fantastic. And also on SmackDown. The Fight Forever duo of Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, that looks like it's going to start heading into WrestleMania now for something that's been a sort of a comedy part of SmackDown with Sami Zayn's paranoia and the documentary makers and stuff. And then it just... That was a fucking hell of a kick that he gave Kevin Owens at the commentary table. Like, instantly, Sami Zayn's like, rage just made that a heated rivalry straight away. So... I'm counting off here. Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, Apollo Crews and Big E, triple threat for the Universal title, Bobby versus Drew, Bianca versus Sasha, Rhea Ripley versus Asuka, which we'll touch on in a minute, uh, Sheamus versus Matt Riddle. Potentially. Potentially. Not too hot in that one, but if it means Sheamus wins, great. This is turning into a fucking... Like, a perfect mania for me. Like I want to see all of those matches. That's that's a stellar card so far. I know it really, really um, is. Uh, and there's obviously you'd assume one or two other matches. Uh, obviously, we've got New Day versus AJ Styles and Omos and Omos as well. Um, and like I said I'm not too. Enamoured with Orton versus Fiend, um, but we could get Sigon Rude versus Street Profits as well. Um, yes. So, like, it's already shaping up to be quite to look quite nice. I don't think they haven't announced the main events of the show, but they've started announcing which matches are going to be on which night. Oh, have they? Yep. So, on. On um, night one, we've got Lashley and Drew, Sasha and Bianca, Bad Bunny and Miz, I think that was confirmed uh, last night. So that's on night one so far, as far as I'm aware. And night two, we'll have Roman and Edge, probably Daniel Bryan in there as well. Um, Asuka and Rhea Ripley, Fiend and Randy Orton. So, obviously, you'd assume 
if it's going to be Sheamus and Riddle and E versus Apollo, they'll be one night each for those matches as well. So they, you know, they won't put that on the one night. Um, and then each tag match as well for the titles will feature as well. We've not, I've not saw anything about the women's tag title either as yet. I'm sure they might end up throwing something in together. Um, but like I say, is that's already on the first night anyway. That's three really good matches. The second night so far, it's two matches. Arguably, the match that most people are looking forward to, and that's the potential triple threat match. Well, the, the women's tag titles of both times have been around. Have been um, fatal four ways, or however you want to say it, for tag title matches. Uh, Shane and Naya, there's a bit of animosity between the two, but that's killed down again after their win. So I don't know what's mm-hmm. happening there. You've got Natalia and Tamina, which finally I think Tamina's in something that suits her. You've got Naomi and Lana about. Um, right, so so they, c- they could potentially do that. Um, we'll see. Um, the other thing. That I was going to mention about um, Mania or Mania Week. Like I think when you look at the entire week, it's just ridiculously loaded. You, know, you go from the, the Go Home Show of Raw, um, followed by the two nights of Takeover, um, yes. with Dynamite taking place as well. Um, and then on a Friday, you've got SmackDown Go Home Show, and then you've got WrestleMania over two weeks. I actually think, I need to double check this, but I'm sure Impact are running a pay-per-view that weekend as well. Well, usually when WrestleMania come to town, they've always all the independents have got stuff on anyway, so they would, in terms of just viewership and wrestling, people are pumped for it. It would be a good idea to do it. If they are, they probably are. That entire week's loaded. Right. I wonder. I wonder who's going to step up to Pete Dunn. I really want that to be a thing. I mean, well, I'm trying to think. Cause Dan- sorry, Daniel Bryan was on the a radio show with uh, talk sport guy Alex McCarthy. Yep. He's on just today, I believe, or at some point this week, and he was asked about what Pete Dunne said, and Daniel Bryan said, "I'd love to, I'd love to fight Pete Dunne." Obviously, Daniel Bryan's going to be otherwise engaged, so I don't think we'll see it happen. But who else is there that you can think of that Pete Dunne can say that he's a better technical wrestler than? Um, I mean, I'd love to see him and Roddy. Hmm. I technically their rivalry goes way back. Um, I think when you look at, so in, in, I'll touch on the Pete Dunne one in a second, but the so they announced also um, the thingy, the NXT uh, main events as well. So night ones, um, Raquel Gonzalez versus. Um, you know, should I? Yes. And then it's going to be Finn Balor and Karrion Cross on the second night. Uh, I actually thought 
Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole would close one of those shows. Um, not to be. Um, and we've also got um, Jordan Devlin versus Escobar as well. I just don't know which night. I don't know if that's been announced. I can't remember. <laughs> I can see Cole and O'Reilly being one of those unsanct- unsanctioned matches. Possibly. We always have Volta and Champ as well. Oh, yes. That was very good to see Walter back, I have to say. Speaking I'm just trying to think who Pete Dunne. The only person um, I can think of would be Timothy Thatcher. Well, that's what I was thinking as well. And that would be a good match. Probably. Um, yeah, I think Roddy Strong, I'd love to see that. Timothy Thatcher, but I say, is maybe the one. Um, I can't see them bringing anyone else over from NXT UK or, you know, debuting someone up, you know, this close to Mania. Um, maybe we could build it, you know, we're a few weeks away. Um, no, that would be, those would be my picks. I can't. If if uh, if Trump is involved with Volta, I can't really see Thatcher doing anything else unless there's something else going on with Imperium. But I'm sure all will be revealed in due course. Speaking of unsanctioned matches, did you see that lights out match last week? The Brett Baker and Thunder Rosa number. Yep. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I have to say. What? Uh, no. Um, uh, the image of. Brett Baker, uh, you know, um, just covered in blood as an image. Aye, that was that that that's an, that's an image. Um, I actually saw someone, and this isn't to crap on any of them because, like I said, I've never really enjoyed that much. <laughs> um, it's I saw someone put uh, an image on Twitter. It was half one the first half of the. Uh, Photo was uh, Britt Baker, and then next to it was a Becky Lynch one, and they were like, "Oh, same vibes or something." I'm like, "Please don't stop." I I don't get me wrong, I enjoyed that match, but no, don't mm-hmm. because the Becky thing was just so organic, and and I don't care what anyone says that that image of the blood added to it, and that wasn't planned. See, I exactly it wasn't planned, and she just took it in her stride. If if Britt Baker wasn't just saying it for the lols and she was actually looking for praise from Meltzer after that match as was seen in that video after see that's kind of shit's pathetic that's and, and speaking that's of Meltzer sad. the fact that look, I love this match at Dynamite but please don't turn around and tell me that was better than bloody um, Sasha and Bailey or Asuka and Ember Moon like just no I'm not having that what did they say well, they gave that. He gave. It's a. I think it's the second highest rating I saw oh, right, that he's ratings, given. Right. Okay. You know, I mean, bearing in mind, I'm almost certain. Asking, sorry, not asking. Bailey and Sasha and got a four and a half or something from him. And I think this was four and three quarters or whatever. But yeah, at the end of the day, that's just one guy's opinion. But the fact that he come out and say stuff like, "Oh, I really hope Meltzer gives it a good rating," it's like fucking wising up. It's just sad, to be honest, man. I just, 
I, I, we've all got our opinions and melts up, and as you say, it is one man's opinion, but that opinion is held as gospel by many, and it's just it's used by news reports all over the place. It's just it's sad. It's sad. That's the only way I can describe it. And don't get me wrong, like. I'm not here to bash him or nothing because a lot of the things that he says is is turned out to be true and stuff. And I've always said that look, remember he told her it was going to be Roman Brock again a year in advance, and, and it was true. But there's a lot of stuff he gets wrong as well. He just says stuff and it's like plans change or he just says things that you're like, Do you know what? Like you're just saying it for the sake of saying it, and it's like what bothers me. I've always says it, and it's like you know if you if bias doesn't come into your thinking, you're just lying. Like, there's nothing wrong with saying I'm sort of biased to this kind of style or this company or whatever because that's what you enjoy because you're just a fan at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, but hey, well, whatever, man, each to their own. You know, the, the actual match itself, I really enjoyed and a point I'd said to Miz fan the other day on Twitter. It was something that I think was a wee bit overlooked because understandably there was, I mean, that... Death Valley driver onto the ladder looked horrendous. Like that could have been a broken neck job straight away, but mm-hmm. it wasn't, and it was executed perfectly, even while looking grisly. Uh, the table spots were beautiful, the thumbtacks were fantastic. But it was, is her name Rebel? Uh, Brit Sidekick. Mm-hmm. She's during the downtime when either Thunder's selling. Or Brit selling, or there's just a bit of downtime in the match. Brit be, uh, Rebel kept the pace up by herself setting up the furniture, getting chairs out from underneath the ring, um, clearing furniture or helping, like literally clear blood from Brit's eyes. Rebel helped keep that match going at a really solid pace, and it gave it a right frantic feel to the match. And I, I really appreciated that. I thought this is fucking hundred miles an hour stuff. Really enjoyed that. Just so shout the, out the, small, the small minor details that that make you enjoy a match more or dislike mm-hmm. a match. It's just it's small little things that it might seem small in the grand scheme of things, but it's what kind of sticks out and you're like, you know, you can or you go, oh, that was actually mm-hmm. really, really well done. I mean, it's probably because it wasn't a pay per view. If it was, they would have had more time to sort of grind it out a bit, but to help it go at such a pace it kind of reminded me of the no D- I don't know if you remember it but it was a no DQ match on Raw between Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins uh, it was a night where Dean Ambrose was curb stomped through some cinder blocks so he to, could, write him, to write him off to go do the movie aye that's right but yep. it was a TV match and it was violent obviously it's no it's PG violent but it was heavy duty and it was fast as hell it just gave it a such a good energy that you couldn't help but be on the edge of your seat for it mm-hmm. uh, so I, I, you know my feelings towards AEW but I thought that match was probably one of the better ones I've seen from them definitely I wouldn't say it was better than the likes of personally the Hell in a Cell matches I've seen for the women in WWE or the War Games matches or some of the title matches in NXT but it's certainly the best that AEW women's match I've seen for sure yeah definitely definitely uh, 
Can I tell you a really, really fucked up dream I had on Monday night? Yep. <laughs> right, you, th- you might think I'm exaggerating, but I'm not. <laughs> right. It's wrestling related, that's why I bring it up. Mm-hmm. So I had a dream, I was watching like Raw or Smackdown or whatever it was, and Eddie Guerrero was talking to Chris Benoit, but it was now, it was current times, and it dawned on me that they had, remember... Uh, I'd said to Rance the other night, remember they did a hologram of Tupac doing a concert? Say that again? Do you remember a few years ago they had, whoever was in charge made a hologram of Tupac Uh, doing a performance on stage? Well, WWE had decided to bring back Chris Benoit as a hologram as like a full-time wrestler. And I was I realised what was going on in the dream and I thought that is the worst thing that WWE have ever done. And then it do, like only when I woke up did I realise hold on a minute, Eddie Guerrero's dead as well, they've made him a hologram as well. <laughs> it's definitely a, a dream where I woke up and thought, What the fuck was that? <laughs> That's ridiculous. <laughs> By the way, um, the, oh, uh, just it's just popped out of my head. The other one that for Pete Dunne could be Kushida uh, nah not for me Kushida's just not done it for me the only one possible would be Gargano but you know I don't see that Gargano's still the NA champ yes yep I think Dexter's going to get that I know that's what I'm saying so it would be weird for the champ to come out mm-hmm. and confront him and I know it's happened before and stuff like that, but yeah, I think we are probably looking at either Thatcher, probably most likely Thatcher. Aye. Well, speaking of NXT, thoughts and prayers with Danny Birch, Danny Birch, who has come to light very recently that he's had to undergo surgery for a separated shoulder, and Oni Lorcan, God bless his long fingered soul, they've had to vacate the titles. Yep. That's a shame. It's time to put on the grizzled young vets. <laughs> it fucking is. It is. <laughs> That's all. That's all. Every cloud has a silver lining. I'm sure Danny Birch like, feels that. Yeah, it's all right. We're, we're good with that. We're grizzled young vets, Marks. We are. And James Drake's getting some mic time as well. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> I thought it was a meme, just an ongoing rib that you would never, ever get to speak <laughs> never on the mic. Any <laughs> I wish you kept that going, actually. I know. But any time Richard Young Vets are on my screens, I'm a happy chap. A happy chappy. But with regards to Danny Birch, I say this with my tongue-in-cheek a wee bit, but only a wee bit. So, uh, carrying Cross... He himself had a shoulder injury at the start of his career, near the start of his NXT career. He was out for months, similar to Finn Balor's injury. He does a double suplex to Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch. Birch landed pretty badly on his shoulder, so that's another shoulder injury. Danny Birch is gubbed thanks to Karrion Cross. Finn Balor was out with her for a long time with a shoulder injury. I would be a wee bit worried going in a match with Karrion Cross if I was Finn Balor to be honest with you 
Yeah, I, I understand. But I'm not I'm not enamoured you're not fussed by the match right? neither am I no I'm just I don't know I'm not, sure, I'm not really sure about carrying cross um, I, I don't know who said it I feel like James Boyd might have said it that, or it might have been Caleb I don't know you're, so, you're, you're like a killer Mm-hmm. But your move set doesn't really reflect it. I don't think his finisher reflects it. I think I don't know. I think just clubs to the head are quite a yeah finisher to me. They're just so often so plentiful. Even kicks to the head are plentiful as well. And I don't get me wrong. I do enjoy his presence. His entrances just his overall demeanour but there's only been one match where I've been properly blown away and that was the Santos Escobar match I thought that was a fantastic match so I'm mm-hmm. holding a bit of hope uh, that he's just better suited to wrestling smaller guys than him and we do actually end up getting a banger but otherwise I don't know I'm not. it's not a match that I'm overly looking forward to. And I'm never I'm never big on the main title not closing a show. I've always said that there has to be a special type match that should close a show like Roman versus Taker. Rightfully close WrestleMania because we were led to believe it was Taker's last match and Gargano and Champ have closed um uh, takeovers as well you know so there's been other ones but I just I don't know man I just feel like it's a lackluster end to a potential to a two night takeover um, that's a good point just just you know I felt like O'Reilly and Cole would have been better suited in that spot especially if they did an unsan- go down the unsanctioned road I wouldn't say it's a concern but it's just a bit of a letdown do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, it is. Like I said, I, I, I'm struggling to get hyped for this match. I'm most hyped for Io Shirai and Raquel Gonzalez, so I'm, as a, an entitled fan, I am getting what I want. And no, and the fact, I love the fact that that's closing one of the nights uh-huh. as well. Which, so, so, which tells me so, it's a title change as well. Right. I hope um, night one follows suit. And how is Sasha and Bianca closing? Well, someone, I can't remember who, I believe it was actually a fellow Scott on Twitter, said, how good would it... Drew McIntyre's always said he would love to be the first one to wrestle in front of fans again. So, how's this for card layout? You've got Bobby and Drew first on night one, mm-hmm. and yep. Bianca and Sasha to end the night. I'd love that, and I think... With Bianca and Sasha, I think after Sunday there, I think it's um, I think they're going to really turn up the heat now, and I think they're really going to start to see them bring this home this next few weeks, this feud, um, and let's hope that they just showcase, you know, great heel Sasha and just how wonderful a talent and unique Bianca is, and they just. 
What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to hero.co to shop today. I'm going to report an absolute clinic. It will be. It will be. I've always said that Sasha's very damn near the best wrestler in the world when she's confident uh, in herself. And I think she's very confident in herself and she has been for some time now since she came back. So obviously the the groundwork has been laid for quite a, the boss, the heel boss after that vicious slap that we saw in Fastlane. So it's looking good for Sasha being the heel and Bianca going in as the face. So yep. if that's the case, if they're headlining one of the nights, again, I feel like a, a championship change is on the cards here. So that kind of brings us nicely to the other main roster women's t- title match. In terms of booking and all that stuff, it's a bit bizarre that your main, your flagship show's women's title match is going to an NXT call-up straight away for WrestleMania. Um, That's an interesting take. I know, and many people uh, always feel that WWE is not in the business of making stars anymore when both women's matches could tell you the opposite of that. But it's just it's just waltzed in there and she's getting a title shot. Now, I am looking forward to the match. I don't think I've ever seen them lock up before. So I, w- I, w- I will say this, right? Rhea's three moments, if you want to call it, on the quote-unquote main rosters um, have been... 2020 Royal Rumble, where she looked awesome and was dominant, was a, a real good WrestleMania match with Charlotte. Granted, she lost. And the next one being being one of the final two in this year's Royal Rumble. So, to me, it shouldn't come as a surprise that they're going with this. Okay. It shouldn't come as a, who the hell are you? It's like, well... Just a simple bit of research, and you'll know who the hell she is. Uh-huh. Um, and the other thing is that uh, I mean they've probably gone with Rhea because of Charlotte having COVID, um, and and with it being about three weeks out, I don't know how long she's had COVID. I don't know if it's in her tweet that she says she's been diagnosed four days ago, or I can't remember what she says. Well. Will she be available for WrestleMania? That's the other thing. Like, she would then, you know, she's got to stay indoors, quarantine for next amount of days for about two weeks, and then it leaves it a week to go with WrestleMania, and you just don't know how she's going to feel physically. Uh, for the sounds of it, the fact that it's been kept a bit under wraps until Charlotte had to squash some rumours, she could be in a bit of bad health. Well, and that's it, and I think by. Putting Rhea, Rhea in here, you're covering yourself going a one on one. And if they really wanted to, you could always shoehorn Charlotte into that if you wanted to make it a triple threat. If she's health wise, is better come WrestleMania time. Uh-huh. But 
I think Asker loses that title anyway. Aye. And I think just from a pure match quality standpoint, that's going to be a hard-hitting number. And I'm there. It's going to be great. I'm here for it. I always feel, I always feel, like, especially after even the loss to Charlotte in last year's WrestleMania, Rhea turns up for the big matches. Uh, Shirai. It's, a, it's an often forgotten about title match that Rhea Ripley had on NXT TV, but she had a, a grueling affair with Shirai in the autumn season. Mm-hmm. Two hard-hitting matches with um, Raquel Gonzalez and the cage match with Mercedes Martinez, which was fucking brilliant. Oh, Rhea's great. Rhea's like, that's fantastic. She's taken over the mantle for me for Big Match John uh, and Kenny's best bout machine. She turns up for the big events. That'll be a night two match as well. Mm-hmm. So that'll be for night two. Significantly. So we've not we're talking about there's one more thing, NXT wise, unless you were going to say something else. On you go. No, no, I'm assuming we're probably going to mention the same thing, but you on you go. Uh, I don't know what you're going to say, because I'm talking about, since we're talking about Charlotte, the elephant in the room. Yep, that's to, what I was going to Right, Andrade, Mr. Yep. S- Mr. La Sombra. Fair play to him. Fair Absolutely. Play to him. He's went about it the right way, the way that I favour. Uh, he's not on social media being a dick openly being a dick, being passive-aggressive. He's just come out and said, listen, I want to leave. I've put in my... I've asked, uh, and then it comes out a few days later, that he's left. He said his thank yous to the people that he believes helped him, and the omission of certain others is, speaks volumes for me. But so far, until he goes on Jericho's podcast... <laughs> uh, Fair play to him. He's went about it all the right way, in my opinion, and I've got no ill will against him at all. I think going to AEW would be a major mistake for him. Right. I just don't think he's suited, and I don't want to see him there. Suited in the sense that I just feel like he would become just like a lot, a lot of people are there, just a bunch of people doing sports, and I'm like, this guy is legitimately one of the best wrestlers in the world, and I believe at one point, for a significant time, he was the best wrestler was, yeah. under the WWE umbrella. Um, Especially during the goes, Mysterio, he was on fire yeah, during that. His entire NXT stuff. Um, whether it goes back to Mexico and a bit of money there, I don't know. Um, I don't see him going to impact. Um, the, the, the other thing would be whether it goes back to New Japan. I think the only reason I would say no is... I think you have to factor in his relationship with Charlotte and how much that could suffer. He has posted a photo of him wearing the La Sombra gear, uh, CMLL stickers in the background. Mm-hmm. Don't know. But what see that Triple A, um, you know. So wait and see where he ends up. But I will say this right: a couple of things. How Otis had a more significant moment as a singles wrestler on the main roster than Andrade did is beyond me. Right? You have got guys like Otis, no offence to Miz, but I like Miz. I really like Miz, actually. I really like Miz. Um, 
I'm just trying to think of other possible like people who I'm just like gobsmacked by how they were being how hell even if you look at someone like Apollo Cruz, Apollo Cruz is is starting to be featured a lot more. Um, if you look uh, other singles wrestlers in the last like couple of years, um, I'm just trying to think. Even if you look at hell. Something like Jinder Mahal a few years back as well, when you look at that stuff. Um, there's a lot of people out there that seem to got had better treatment as a singles wrestler than Daddy did. And it baffles me. I know a lot of people are like, well, who are you kind of thing? Or what are you? What do you bring? I mean, let's not forget, right, it's a wrestling company. I don't give a shit about sports entertainment and all that. You are a wrestling company first and foremost, right? And I get you want something on top of the wrestling, you know, larger life, or, you know, what else do you bring? Because when you think about it, if you get to one of the big three major companies, New Japan, AEW, or WWE, 90% of the people there can go, right, to an extent. But you had a perfect mouthpiece in Zelina Vega. It just, it, Andrade just got him, just put on great matches, and let Zelina Vega build him up and do all the talking. And it baffles me that they never found a spot for him. Um, another thing I will say. And, yep. And another thing I will say is Andrade versus Gargano was arguably the highest peak for NXT when they were at their highest peak. I think that match mm. is the absolute peak of NXT. And that was during a time where NXT was just producing weekly bangers. And that's, for me, is the greatest NXT match ever. I think that's one of the greatest WWE matches, if not perhaps like one of the top three or five possible case for one of the best, the best WWE match ever. It's certainly one of the best North American matches ever. Like That match literally was flawless. And, and I think in my own way that I view matches and always say that I look at matches like, like it's simplistic I would go out my way to watch something or if I stumble across it or I would never watch it again you know another wee category in between but I also say stuff like if you go back and watch Bret Hart matches for instance it's a lot of these matches stand and you've heard me say it on the podcast before it stands a test of time and 10, 15, 20 years time that Gargano Almas match will still stand the test of time and people still look at it and be like yeah, I can see why people were losing their shit over that much. Yep. It's, it's not my personal favourite, but I do still hold it highly. Uh, and it fits in with, you believe in 2018 was NXT's peak. I I feel that as well. Um, the Almas, the Gargano match was fantastic. Uh, during a time when I didn't really bother tuning in regularly to the main roster I made sure that I saw these Mysterio matches and I don't care how often they fought I could have watched Andrade destroy Rey Mysterio weekly, like a best of 1100 series, it was an yeah. absolute joy to watch and that was the first time I felt like in a long time we saw what was it, the Canadian Destroyer in that match I can't remember which match it was but we saw them we were all like whoa uh-huh. they've done that and all of a sudden that should have become a Superman uh, kick or working punch, but you know when they when they pulled out of the bag, we we're all but like, oh shit, mm-hmm. you know we've not saw that in the WWE ring in a long last time. 
Their chemistry was just too perfect. That's what I'm saying. It's frightening how good they were together. This is Rey Mysterio, whose whose knees are made of dust as well. My only the only thing I can think of is the reason why he never got pushed the way we felt he should have, or we thought he was going to, was the language. But let's say Jed Selena Vega there, like that's what's baffling. See, I wonder if something else, if there are things we don't know about Selena Vega, because. You have to think as well, there's a language barrier, but then Angel Garza comes in into that weird stable that they had going on with Vega, uh, Garza, Theory, Andrade. Mm-hmm. It's a weird time, it was the start of the COVID uh, empty stage, sound stages, it was just a bit odd. But Garza came in and very charismatic, as we knew from NXT, speaks very good English, so understandably from Vince's perspective he's like oh well I've got the charisma that I'm looking for in a Hispanic star here but he was off TV for a bit Zelina is gone so Andrade doesn't have his mouthpiece Zelina is married to Alistair Black Tommy End he's not been on TV for a long time something I don't know I think maybe a bit conspiratorial of me but too much of a coincidence for. But here's the thing. Yeah. When Nakamura and Sami Zayn were together, and Sami Zayn was basically a mouthpiece and was, you know, the hype man. Mm-hmm. Really, what 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 business did they have being together? You know, like it's not difficult to find someone who could have been that mouthpiece for him. It's not like Heyman. Heyman was sat around for about six months doing nothing before ultimately. Aligning himself with Roman, fucking almost doesn't talk at all. It's, it's just I don't know, man. Like I, I guess, I guess this is where I've always said I'm different because it's wrestling is all that matters, in my opinion. But I get business wise, that's not what makes sense. No, I, I, I won't sit here and fight anyone over that. Like I say just from my perspective, and that's just the way I'm looking at it. The guy legitimately is one of the best in the world, and you're trying to tell me you couldn't find a spot for him. Mm-hmm. And I know I see where people will come back and say, "Well, what was he like?" You know, and, and from a business point of view, I'm, like, I'm not talking about business. I'm talking about you couldn't find a single spot for him as a single wrestler. You couldn't align him with someone, something, anything. So I said we may never know, but I agree the fact that he came out and thanked to him and. Regal and Triple H in that tweet says a lot. So we'll just wait and see. We'll wait and see. Um, He was a a heel wrestler with the Lucha Libre sensibilities, but he also had a snapshot brawling style. And it was a very good combo for a heel. And I think it's unfortunate that we don't get to see that more often. Things like he's... He's running double knees into the turnbuckle or the, the sort of pivoted elbow that he does. Uh, I think it is, despite him being Lucha Libre, it stood out over and above other Lucha Libre because of that intensity that he brings to it. Uh, he's captivating. He had a mouthpiece. You could have found another one, no problem. Uh, they've got 
lots of high flyers that he could have worked with. I just he's just different. It's a it's a, it's a disappointment. Oh, big time. I really really hope that Charlotte Flair used some clout. I don't. I saw the rumours that she was saying that said uh, if he's if you don't let him go, I'm going. I really can't imagine Charlotte Flair would uh, throw away a WWE career like that. But I really hope she had some clout and said, fucking let him do what he wants. I think she has plenty of clout, and I think if oh, she I... wanted to, she could have. But that's what I put out the other day, the tweet is like, if she ends up being released or walking away, like I can't wait for everyone who hated her to suddenly stand on her when she ends up in AEW. Um, and, and then... On the flip side, and I, I wish I tweeted it with Kayla put it out, and it was like on the flip side for everyone who has loved her, suddenly to be like, Oh, she was pushed too much, she was this, she was that. And I'm like, well, You know, both sides use the same different things before. Tevin, um, see if Charlotte was to go to AEW, she should walk up to the champion right now and say, That oh, is mine, give me it. Oh, I say that in the same tweet, you, uh, you're going to say we could potentially get Charlotte versus Shida. Sign me the hell up for that. Like that's an Sign thing. me up. You don't muck about with Charlotte Flair in the mid cards. No, I, w- I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that instantly. I would maybe have like a small interaction, but then I would have Charlotte just build her for like just just over like a month or two, just building up to a pay per view, just so she's going through making her way up there, and then you get to it. I wouldn't want to go straight in. That would be her first match, and she immediately wins the title. I, I, like I'm not. And or worse, you don't have her win a title. Like I said, we've made that mistake several times, but I wouldn't put her in there immediately. I would take give her the way that FTR worked their way up to the title shot, but I would do it in a sh- in a much more short and condensed period. Mm. Just have her move through certain talents, not all of them, not not the main ones, maybe. Um, and then have her have about four or five matches, and then just be like, yeah, I want that. I'm coming for that now, please. I would, you know, I'd be here all day for that. Oh no, I th- I just think she's just too big to be mucking about in a mid card. Over in a mid card that it struggles to get featured, mm-hmm. she should be up the top saying, "Fucking look at me, look at what I've done." Yes, I'm part of the WWE machine. But I still worked my arse off to get where I am. Oh, she's great. Uh, right, I think there's, we've covered quite a lot tonight. Quiz? Do you have a quiz ready? I do. All right, fantastic. What kind of quiz are we looking forward to tonight? A Daniel Bryan one. Did this not happen last week? I don't remember what happened last week. Right, I'm going to bring up my answers. <laughs> oh, you did do it, quiz. Damn it. That's, that wasn't his catchphrase, that was Farouk. <laughs> go for it. Right, okay, here we go. Question number one. Oh. It's now two seconds and pull my notes up. Okay, here we go. Right, 
question one. Who did Daniel Bryan lose to on the first ever episode of NXT? Oh, it was Chris Jericho. Correct. In a title match, no less. Question number two. When Daniel Bryan was quote-unquote fired from WWE for choking Justin Roberts, what did he use to choke him with? Justin Roberts' tie. The ropes. Was it? Nah, it was, a, it was his tie. Why did you say... <laughs> like, why? <laughs> that like, felt like, see, if there was a serial killer profiler team on you, they would just say, you are a habitual liar, just because. Serial liar, yep. Question number three. At which pay-per-view did Daniel Bryan beat The Miz to win his first championship in WWE? And I'll give you multiple choice, right? We've got Money in the Bank, SummerSlam, Night of Champions. Night of Champions. Correct. At TLC, who did Daniel Bryan win to win the World Heavyweight Championship? Um, I'll give you it. I was going to give you multiple choice. Okay, please do. So we went Seamus, Alberto Del Rio, or Big Show? Uh, Big Show. Correct. There's a cash-in or something like that? This is question number five. Mm. Right, sorry. Um, at WrestleMania 30, in the main event, mm-hmm. who did Daniel Bryan get to tap out? Dave Bautista. Listen, that is correct. And that is a five out of five so far for you. I, I'm kind of... I'm equally surprised at my own performance, but a bit insulted that you sound surprised. How? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just am, okay? Question number six. Who cashed in their money in their bank on Daniel Bryan at SummerSlam? To become a WWE champion. That's an easy one. Brother Keith. Also known as Randall Orton. Also known as Keith Lee. <laughs> <laughs> True or false? Daniel Bryan has held the money in the bank briefcase contract. You sound very um, unsure. No, I'm 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 unsure because you kind of you've asked a question kind of about it earlier when he cashed in on Big Show. I know I was hoping you never say that. Now I realise you did, so I've kind of had enough time to change my question. That's all right. So, uh, question seven. I'll muck up, don't worry. You've heard me at the end of performances, I'm a shambles. That sounds dodgy, actually. 
it's, it's even dodgier that you've only heard it as well. No, that's true. Right. Daniel Bryan's first title win in WWE was what? What was the title? Yep. Uh, the most attractive card that is now no longer with us, the United States Championship. That is correct. And defended the next pay-per-view Hell in a Cell with a wonderful triple threat submission match with John Morrison and Mike Mizanin. Is that your next question? Uh, no. <laughs> it's just so good. And how many... Sorry, Ingo. Daniel Bryan? Yes. I know, isn't he? <laughs> He's just phenomenal. Um, and how many seconds did Daniel Bryan lose his title to against Sheamus? Oh, say 18. 12. Oh, goodness. There goes the the perfect record. Are you lying to me right now? No. You've lied to me in the last five minutes. And not this time. That was incorrect. Right, I'll be surprised if you get this. Daniel Bryan once won the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Titles with... Um, fuck it, Nigel. Nigel McGuinness? Uh-huh. Same correct. Do you want another guess? Uh, Ex-Impact, current AEW wrestler. Bold. Christopher Daniels. Correct. This is the, the last um, question. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You went for a perfect 10 out of 10. That's a gutter, it really is. Right. Daniel Bryan teamed up with which legendary tag team to take on the shield? The Brothers of Destruction. 9 out of 10. Give yourself a pat on the back. Oh, well. Even, even you could figure out you got 90%. <laughs> you cheeky bugger. <laughs> you cheeky bugger, but yes. Uh, but I'm gonna I'm gonna do some fact checking right now. Alright. WrestleMania twenty seven. I call one of your questions into dispute. Oh, the... oh the, what did you say? 12? Oh, no, it should be 28. 29, sorry. Uh, no, I said 18. Oh, well, you got it right then. Ah, oh, sorry, I thought you said 12. No. Oh, sorry. No, 18. You said 12. Oh, sorry, did I? Sorry, I just clearly got confused. And that was 18. It was 18. You got a 10 out of 10. So, to get, to get, um, to get, really get the plaudits this week. 
What was how much did you score percentage wise then? A <laughs> hundred a CN percento. Well how did you manage to figure that out? Because I've got a a foundy foundy general standard grade in maths. Alright, so you didn't do um ten divided by ten multiplied by a hundred? No. No, okay. Uh, I it also took me until six years, so that includes intermediate two <laughs> and fifth year. So standard grade, credit standard grade maths. The, the, this uh, hierarchy of qualifications is out of date now, but credit in standard grade, intermediate two and fifth year, which is basically a condensed credit standard grade because I was shy at it. And then in sixth year, I finally got my higher in maths, but it was still a C. <laughs> I never even got higher in maths. I chucked it. Aye, because it was beneath you. No, so what I'd done, right, and um, in fifth year, I don't know if I ever say this to you, it shouldn't come as a surprise to you, right? In fifth year, um, I, you know how you would do your prelims in like December and then your final exams like in May or whatever it was? Uh-huh. And then if you basically got like an A in your prelims and you got like a C in your final one, you could appeal it and you'd probably get like a B. I, um, I think so. So that was no, I don't know if that's still known practice, but it is now. So obviously if you get better in the prelim, you can always appeal it to see if it would bump it up. Um, I spent a lot of uh, fifth year um, <clears throat> uh, blazed. <laughs> <laughs> Are you full of results? <laughs> yes. So, I would say the latter part, so like, I messed up on several exams in fifth year, um, but I thought I would get like an appeal on a number of my ones that I basically messed up on, and I did. <sighs> Maths was one of them. And then I went into sixth year, but because you don't know about your appeal, you still have to pick your subjects for the next year. Uh-huh. So I basically then, uh, I went in to do higher maths again. I also went in to do higher business, higher um, IT accounts it was, as well as um, I think it was like higher English because I'd only got like a C or something. I wanted something better. So basically, I was aiming to walk away with at least like six hires to go straight into uni. And I knew one was already in the bag. Well, two technical were in the bag. And I was waiting on appeals to the other ones. I then, um, I got an appeal for a couple of them. But anyway, long story short, I walked into six year having to do five or six subjects, whatever it is you would do. Mm-hmm. Uh, after the first month, because I got, some of the results I needed in, in the appeals and stuff. And I never went to uni. I went to, I, I missed a year and went to college because I couldn't ask for uni. Um, I I ended up after a month starting at six subjects, whittled down to just, I think you know this, where I just done one subject and it was English. Oh my and God. I, <laughs> my Fridays consisted of four, three periods. The first four periods where I sat about in the canteen and stuff doing nothing but playing cards. I would go in for fifth period because it was straight after lunch and I was English and then I was free the sixth period. So for from September all the way through to February, 
that's what my Fridays and my weeks consisted of, basically doing one subject. And it was only by chance, because I was with uh, my girlfriend at the time, and the head of the year happened to walk past in the morning and saw us two sitting together, and then she walked past again later on that day and saw me again. And she was like, why are you out of class again? <laughs> and I was like, I've got a free period. And basically she was like, no, you don't. So she then had to go to her office and she pulled up, you should be doing this, this and that. And I was like, yeah, I, 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 like, I decided not to do those classes because I got the appeal and I just didn't say it. <laughs> oh, my God. So for like six months of the year, I sat about doing absolutely nothing in six years. Fucking hell. Fun times. And I was struggling, I was struggling through maths and you're just sitting there getting zits on the go. <laughs> See... Well, we were on the subject of exams. It was standard grade fourth year French, uh, and we had the exam. So it's all those individual tables, and I was at the very back of the room. And remember the adjudicators you got that came round to make sure you weren't cheating and stuff. Yep. So I'd, I, I was good at French. I'm, I click A's and ones and all that. So I was no problem with French. So I'd finished the exam a wee bit early. And the adjudicator came round at the end and started collecting people's papers. And I was facing the back. I was already at the back of the room. So I was just having a good old stretch and a yawn. And was facing the back wall. And I turned round. No clue why, to this day, why I did it. But I, was, I just went full Steve Austin mode and turned round and did the double bird. Two middle fingers. And the adjudicator was right in front of me. <laughs> oh... And he never even said anything. <laughs> I, c- I could have got sacked for fridge if I'd given oh. this guy the middle fingers and he just looked at me and went, right, cheers. You should have just been like, I'm sure you understand. I'm sure the French understand that as well. Aye. Uh, <laughs> toi, so- toi Soissant says I just kicked your ass, your derriere. <laughs> oh, fantastic. I think I actually done all right in French, but I never took it as a higher or anything. Oh, that was my... Oh. That's a, a passion, actually. I thoroughly enjoyed French. René Dupree, oh, favourite. Fun times, school days. Fun, but some of it was fucking shite as well. Oh, horrendous. It's like, when I, like I said, when I get busted, I have to go back to all those classes and sit in the back of the class and study. Oh, I'm like, God. what am I studying for? And I'm only doing one subject. You have a dunce's cap on. I remember the first day I walked back in, and I kind of looked at him and said, like, "Why are you here? You've not been here in months." And I said, like, "I know. I get told him to come back and study for my other classes because I'm sitting about doing absolute hee haw other than playing fucking uh, switch." What are ready? I know. Tell me about it. Ah, uh, we've all done... Fifth and six years. Fifth and six years. It, it was a disaster, wasn't it? It really was. I don't remember much from the last, from like February onwards and, and fifth year. Well, like yourself, it was a Zoot City for myself as well, so... But it was one, it was one you know how we used to get, is it, what, what did they call, you, we used to call them, was it NABs or tap? was it NABs? When we used to get them like once a month or once every couple of months and it sort of contributed to a, a test basically. Yeah, we didn't get contrib- them but I'm aware of them, the nabs, yeah. 
So you would get, and I remember obviously with some of them you'd go in, like whether it would be maths or business or whatever it might be, and you're absolutely blazed when you're doing it, and you go back <laughs> in the next day and it could be like your first period, so you've not had a chance to, because I'd only ever do it um, at break time and lunchtime, and you'd sit and you'd look at your answers and you're like, what the fuck was I thinking there? <laughs> <laughs> oh, excellent. Almost pissed my entire life down for some weed. It's a good choice. It's terrible when you think about it, the stupid things you do just to get a blast. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> oh. Right, tell us your embarrassing school stories at uh, Ricky and Clive on Twitter. This, as you know now, has been the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show, part of the Social Suplex Podcast Network, where you can find other shows such as Grown Men Watch This Shit, One Nation Radio, Keeping It Strong Style, Great Match Generator, 8-Bit Suplex, Grave Consequences, and All Things Elite. Give us a review, five stars if you can, Apple Podcasts or the podcatcher of your choice. You can head over to socialsuplex.com to get the podcast's website style, the columns website style, and if you want them sent directly to your email inbox, you can press the subscribe button. Go over to the show notes and you will find links to our Pro Wrestling Tees t-shirt site, links to our donation site for both us as a podcast and us as a network. And also, we are at the Squared Circle and Wrestling, the Wrestling Squared Circle on Facebook and we're at Ricky and Clive. And I think that's us for this week. Ricky? Yep. Uh, I think that is us. One Nation Radio have taken a, a hiatus at the moment. Right. Unsure for how long, but taking a small a small hiatus. Shout out to One Nation Radio. Very much so. Shout out to Sir Sam, who's publicised today that he's, chuck- he's chucking the column writing on wrestling headlines. Slash campaign for a while. Uh, and as it, this will be coming out tomorrow I've actually made the decision myself as well, I'm just copying Sir Sam because I think he's pure cool uh, I'll be stopping <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll be stopping the, the brand extension columns on wrestling headlines will be in hiatus for a, a, a spell also just busy shit even, even only with a fortnightly schedule it's just becoming a bit of a drain on my mind and just time and stuff so I'm calling it quits just now focusing on the spoken format which I prefer anyway so please don't expect the podcasts to improve in quality anytime soon though just letting you know now one day I might end up turning up I might turn up here high as a kite and just start talking I would love that so much Imagine if the content was actually better. <laughs> Aye, like you, you, you went in the zone and had some really deep analytical takes. Yes. <laughs> like philosophical wrestling chat and stuff. That's it. Right, well, thanks for listening to us this week, ladies and gentlemen, and we'll speak to you next week. Yep, take care, folks. Thank you for listening to the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Podcast. We'll see you next time. See you next time. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then 
place a $5 wager on any sport, you'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.